Ooh, mama. Dump on the hot sauce and fry that shrimp. What's going on, everyone out there? This is Eric Adams coming in with the Musings of Men podcast. I'm here with my amigo, Andy. What up? Not a whole lot, Eric. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Long time, no talk. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. What you been up to lately, man? Not a whole lot. Mostly just been... uh school and went back to work yesterday and you're negative for the vid yep nice nice awesome it'll be it'll be good that's good man cool but yeah i got my my w2 so i'll be hopefully getting my tax return in the next month or so i got last year i got 64 dollars really heck yeah (laughs) ridiculous (laughs) that's not too bad yeah all right. Um, as for me, I've been playing a lot of acoustic guitar lately. I've been playing guitar for like better, for like probably ten years or so now. God. Um, and I started on acoustic. I got an electric, and I've just been doing that for a long time. But I got back into acoustic the other day, and I literally played like for hours, dude. Like it was, really? yeah. So I'm stoked on that. Also, just an interesting thought I had today. I was drinking my morning coffee and I thought about what it like if you so I'm 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 the kind of person who doesn't put anything in their coffee. I'm a very plain coffee kind of guy. It's like just straight black. Yeah, just straight black coffee. But I was thinking, you know, how would chocolate taste if chocolate was in coffee? And I looked it up and people do it, you know. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts on chocolate and coffee? Well, I don't drink coffee, so I've always found it to be not so good. I mean, that's that's my own opinion. I don't, right. you know, to each his own. I just, I don't see the appeal in it. I think it's... I think it would add a whole new dimension to the experience of coffee, though. It's like a different texture. Yeah, I mean, I think it would, because if the coffee was hot enough, obviously it would melt the chocolate. Yeah. I mean, it could be good. It could be good, for sure. Yeah. I like, um, but I I think that when you put, I've always said this, but like when you put anything in the coffee that's not just coffee, it becomes a milkshake. Yeah, people do that. They put like all sorts of crazy stuff in it, like creamer. and It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, you know, not everybody likes Speaking of creamer, um, that's one of the stories. So what are we doing this episode? What's this episode about? So this episode, there's no like structured topic. There's no like notes. It's just telling stories from uh, work. Yeah, we decided to do some work story stuff because we have a lot of um, we've worked for several years now in different places doing different mm-hmm. things. And um, yeah. So actually, on the topic of um, coffee creamer, I'll start <laughs> off. <laughs> so it was, I was working at Snow's Garden Center in town. Um, and this is really my only story from there because it was really just kind of a chill place to work and there wasn't really much going there wasn't on. A, the occasional yeah, customer. Like I mean, basically, the entire premise of that business was me, water and hose in my hand, you know, 
listening to music and bronzing in the sun all day. It was pretty sweet. It was really chill. But in the break room, they had this refrigerator that people would put stuff in. And I remember going in there one day. This, I mean, it was midsummer, so it was hot, and I didn't have anything to like keep me going. And I saw this coffee creamer. And I always wondered, like, I wonder what it tastes like. So I take it out. They had these little Dixie cups, you know? And so I poured some in and I took a shot of it. And I was like, dude, it's freaking awesome. Dude, you drink so, like groomers. So oh after that one, I was like, all right, I guess I got another. And then I just kept doing it and kept doing it. You know, and then I had to go back out. And over the course of a week, I probably drank half of that. It was a pretty big <laughs> bottle. I drank half the bottle of coffee creamer. How are you not dead? Holy dude, shit. Dude, it was so sweet, dude. Oh, my God. It tasted so good, though. I remember as a kid when we run out of milk, I did that once. And then my dad got and was like, like, where's my creamer? And I'm like, oh, that wasn't like really sweet milk. And he goes, no, that was meant for coffee. I was like, oh. <laughs> and he goes, why would you do that? And I'm like, I th- it tasted good. And he goes, that can kill you. And I'm like, okay. Wait, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I mean, no, I think it, I was a little kid. I think he was just. Oh, yeah. It, but I thought that's hilarious. So. That's, that is pretty funny, man. Yeah. Um, What's the story from you, man? So I'm going to go back to Carter Mountain. Oh, boy. I, think, I got a whole bunch for that. Yeah, I mean, we, we do. So should we should we say is because there's stories that like. um Let's just do first name only. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't. Good. I, I don't want to get in So general names. Yeah, I mean, so I'm trying to think of like, because there's a bunch of them, and I like, and I have no problem telling like, yeah, sides of like the really like. Let's like not go because there was some there were some things that were. Oh yeah, no. I mean, there's some things that like if we talked about, we'd probably get in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah, like. I so actually, um. Since I started working there first, I'll kind of give like the prologue. Yeah, I mean, oh, oh, I have a good one. I and this is yeah. this is really short. So I think I go think for it, man. So, do you remember when this was like? This was probably like a year and a half. This was while you were still working there. Oh yeah. Do you remember when we closed for the night, and we were hanging out at Bulldog? And those like benches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have like, looking at the moonlight? We're talking, whatever. We're you know hanging out, and then all of a sudden we see Tony and the manager of Bold Rock walk out and into the grill. Oh yeah, Tony. Tony is notorious for. Um, he's a ladies' man. He's a ladies' man. Kind of guy. Oh yeah. And. Do you remember what we did, Eric? Oh, yeah, I did. We went up. So we're at the benches, and we saw him go up, and we were like, I kind of want to know what's going on because he he was talking about um, – he was talking about getting, you know, getting, getting to know her a little bit better. Getting, getting in front of yeah. What we do is – so we kind of like – I use the word stealthy lightly. Yeah. Air quotes is we basically kind of like 
inch our way up to the grill. And then we try to peek into like all these open windows. Yeah. And it was like a it was like total like stalking, but it was, you know. But like I don't I mean they went into like the um that little office place. They went to the office and that but, was blocked off. Yeah, it was you couldn't see into there. It really wasn't I don't think anything happened, but No, I don't no. think but yeah, but the, so, fact kind of, the fact that we tried to like spy was kind of funny. I mean, yeah, I mean, dude, because he'd been talking about that. Yeah, he, he was he, like he, talking he, about, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to know, her. and I'm like, all right, dude, like, sure. Um, but I think, um, I think with him, he would have definitely done something, you know, while there, probably in front of. So, all right, in the grill where we worked at. When I started working there, there were no cameras anywhere. And really? yeah, there were no cameras or anything. Um, and I, when, when Stefan was there, who was the first guy before Tony, he was a character. I mean, this guy, he would pull into work like half an hour, an hour late every day. And oh, you told me, yeah, yeah, he had a black Dodge Charger. Um, yeah, and it was pretty sick, but he would walk in there, dude. He would be wearing like Crocs, you know, and like pants with like flames on them. And he was, he acted like a tough guy, but like you could tell he wasn't, you know, yeah. I think he, he like, um, he was like a professor somewhere a long time ago as well, and like. Apparently, he did a bunch of like really crazy stuff as well, and he would always tell us all about it. And I think the problem he was so he was really his his work ethic and his cleanliness were not up to par at all. And he, I mean, literally for a while we did like Taco Tuesdays or something, and we had um the shrimp, and the shrimp would just sit right next to the vegetables. For like a week on end in this little fridge and it was it was so unsanitary dude i mean the moment i ate one of his tacos like five seconds later i was in the bathroom like just about thrown up because it was it was something else man um but i think after so after he left um i think with him with him and dishes the the problem was that he was like a big you know, believer in just soaking things, and he would always be yeah, like, "Oh, yeah, just, oh, just fill up the fill up, you know, plug the sink, fill it up, and just throw the dishes in there." And I'm like, "Dude, you're literally putting them to like marinate in the room filth." You know, yeah. it was ridiculous. But I think after he left, I remember the day that Tony came in, and um, I was like, and he was, I was doing something, and he was like, "Oh no, 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 don't do it that way." And I'm like, "Oh, that's what I was taught." And he was like, "Yeah, Stefan." Yeah, he was he was kind of a terrible chef, and I'm like, I'm willing to relearn. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, he was much better chef, Tony for sure. Oh no, he was. Yeah, no, he was. He was amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, but yeah, yeah, he was. He was yeah, um, got any stories about Tony that you could that you could well, tell? Okay, so about? I have a bunch of stories that. Would- Probably get me inter- arrested. Yeah, I, like I'm because I'm let's trying to do, think. Let's let's do one that's like 
marginally funny without you know yeah um while he's thinking of that everyone i just want to let you know that i'm drinking this amazing homemade sweet tea family recipe and i wouldn't i would encourage you to drink sweet tea too it's you know one of the best things on this earth if i'm being honest (laughs) yeah but it's gonna put you into an early grave man no People who eat and drink, you know, Southern food live till they're like a hundred years old, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got a story? So he was well, a very rated R kind of person. Well, he was like NC seventeen more or less. Um sure. well I guess I can just like kind of talk about him. Like I I'm, <sighs> Go for it. You build an I'll, I'll, I'll say my other like my other stories will come from my work. He was he was very much like a mentor, and he wanted to see you strive and be good. He strived for you the best that you could be, and you know he was firm, but he was fair. Definitely, I would agree. He um and he had a good sense of leadership, and he knew how to keep his people happy, which is what I really respect. Definitely. In fact, I remember one day I was having a really bad day, and he was like. It's all right, buddy. Like, we can talk about it, and I'll make you this double decker bacon cheeseburger, you know, to make you yeah, know. I mean, he, yeah, like, he, he knew how to make you feel better. Like, he was a great I, guy. You know, he was. I, you know, I had experiences with some not so nice people that, you know, berated me for stuff I didn't really have control over and Mm -hmm. I remember it was him and the sous chef that was like that sat me down was like hey man you're good don't worry about what they're saying about you you know it's not true yeah (laughs) I remember one time I was just walking and I was doing I was moving something from one place to another and uh this dude asked me for like for information I didn't know anything about. And I was like, I'm sorry, sir, I can't help you. And he was like, you know, a lot of help you are. Like, get out of my way. It's a crap. And I was like, damn, dude, like that kind of cut deep. I didn't. Um, yeah. yeah um, I think some of the stupidest thing I ever heard when I was up there was like, people would always come up to the grill asking for where the ice cream was. And, you know, <laughs> after, a, yes, after a while, after a while, you know, I was just like, you see that sign over there? Oh, let me read it to you. I, I think it says ice cream in like, it's a yeah. 10-foot sign that says ice cream on it. And you're asking me, you know, I'm like, dude, come on. That's why we never made tips. Exactly. I, you know, I, one of the things that really pissed me off about this place was that A, we weren't allowed to take tips. They didn't pay us enough long hours you know without you, you couldn't like you couldn't just leave when your shift was over yeah you know, like, granted yeah. it's it's fine but extend the shift to incorporate the time that we're going to be there you know cleaning up and whatever don't yeah don't leave you lead us on or any of that bullshit. it was you know it's it pretty awful and the you know the i don't want to say anything about the family but um i will say yeah i mean I, what I mean, my experience was, yeah, crappy pay, long hours. And they didn't even give me my W-2 form last year. Really? Which is technically illegal. 
They yeah. never leave me my W two form because they kind of just like as yeah. soon as the season was over, they were like, "Get out of here!" And I was yeah. like, okay. "It was just, it was so dumb because like I think the things that pushed me over the edge to me eventually quitting was that um so we had a really awful manager. He was such a he was such a prick, honestly. Oh, uh, no, I, I won't say his name, but basically a couple a couple things that pushed me over the edge with him a you know he just had this thing for me i don't know what it was but he just he didn't he didn't like me at all i mean he was kind of a his like a stone cold kind of guy he had no emotion he was very much no emotion. like he didn't yeah you know he was, i've seen i saw him smile like twice yeah <laughs> i remember i remember that one year on an easter and he was like, who wants to dress up as the Easter Bunny? I was like, me, dude. I want to do it. I want to do it. Because it got so me out of the grill, dude. And, yeah. like, and he was like, you better not mess this up or else I'm going to fire you. And I was like. Did he actually say that? Yeah. I was like, damn, dude, really? It's like, oh, don't wow. make me regret this. I was like, hi, boss. <laughs> but I think like, the thing that. over the Easter Bunny costume. Yeah, it was, it was so ridiculous. But I think the things that um, made me quit was. He made me clean um, a freezer twice that had dead mice uh, frozen in apple cider, you know, <laughs> caked in. I mean, this is this is just the most nastiest, grotesque thing I've you know I've done recently. And actually, it wasn't even recent; it was years ago now. Gosh, but um, you know, I was in there; it was freezing cold. And he was like, all right, what I'm going to need you to do is just scrape all of this up. And I mean, this it, it's a layer of apple cider, frozen apple cider on the ground. And I'm, my shoes were sticky for like a month after that. And there were dead mice. There were probably 13 dead mice that I you oh, know, wow. scraped off the ground and threw in a trash. Ooh, that's nasty. So dumb. And I had to mop the floors and then like mop them like three times just to get the stuff out and create 50 an hour. Hell no. You know, besides that and the, the low pay, the... And I was overworked and underpaid essentially. And when the yeah. most when the most interesting part of your day is taking out the trash, it's time to move on. I think. It's pretty sad, yeah. I was like, I mean, I think the people, um, people like, the people were they were okay. I think in hindsight, I think Brian. I hated Brian. Uh, I just says well, the people in the grill were cool. Yeah, the people in the grill, like Tony, was cool. I, you know, I love Tony. Um, that was really it, though. Honestly, you and Tony. You know, and trading for the short time he was there. Um, trading yeah, and it was, um, you know, and there was other people you didn't know that worked up there. Right. They yeah. just, they made the grill. I mean, after for you sure. left and I was kind of doing my own thing for a while, like, it was it was fun. Yeah. I don't know. After that, so it was like a year. I worked there for a year. And, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back for me was Brian made me clean a bathroom. like four times in a row after you know it was spotless every time i did it and he just kept me doing it and doing it and doing it and i'm like this is not worth my time and my effort i'm unhappy you know here i i don't like this job anymore so i quit but before i quit i made sure to have a job lined up so that i could continue that and yeah. that was snows and i did that until the end of the year and then i after that i started my own business which i'll get into later but um, I mean, yeah, dude, I would just Carter Mountain was a mess. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a good first job. For sure, it's good for it was It was a good, like, learning experience. And they definitely, that is, like, they take advantage of kids who don't know what good pay for, it is. And for sure. They, yeah. Because yeah. I thought, like, 8.25 an hour was, like, the shit. Like, I thought it was, yeah. like, the best in the world. And it, it really wasn't. Because now I'm making, like, on a yeah. good pay period, like, almost $800. So, yeah. I mean, I made, I'll get to this story later, but I made, like, $1,000 in one day with my business yeah i was like yeehaw dude (laughs) but what what other stories do you have from jersey mike's that's where you work i know you got quite a few no i do have quite a few um i remember one time it was in the middle of a lunch rush and we're like the hot sub unit the grill had tickets lined up completely like it was from ticket holder from right to left was just completely full and we're doing the best we can we're going 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 and they're just big ass orders too like they're all giants they're all like you know there's like four of them on like four on each ticket so anyway um guy comes in looking for doordash delivery and he came in like five minutes early and you know he was already pretty agitated but he's like okay where's my food and i'm like hey man like we're really really busy right now we apologize we will get to it when we get to it and he goes no that's good, not good enough like pretentious you, you need to make my you need to make this food right now so i can get it delivered and we're like we're not gonna you know we all kind of looked at each other and we're like all right we're not gonna fight this guy so then we push it back we push it up and we make it the next sub we're gonna do still we have like eight different subs in front of it with these two other tickets so you know he's waiting there and he's only waited and about five minutes goes by and we just put his sandwich down and he goes where's my sandwich and we're like right there dude just put it down you know it's gonna be ready in about two minutes and he goes that's not good enough what are you guys doing? What kind of place is this? And we're like, you know, and he's like about 10 feet from the counter. So we're like not saying anything, but everyone's turning around and looking at him. And I was uh, working the cash register and everybody's like looking at me and I'm like, I don't know, man, I'm not going to deal with it. And, you know, so we get the sub. Nobody took responsibility. I love that. No, because, like, what we we weren't, no, because this guy was being, and we weren't going to fight this guy over a sub. So we, <laughs> and this is the best part of the story, we get the sub made, we get in the bag, we get, like, the drinking chips or whatever it was, tie the bag up, we then, we then have, who was new at the time, guy who did not give two shits about this job this was a quick money maker didn't care yeah and he was already pretty mad as he was already having a bad day and we made him go out and face this guy uh. so he takes the bag out the guy's sitting at the table and he goes finally the guy stands up goes for the bag our guy takes the bag and shoves it into his arms what the guy like stumbles back and he goes He's like, young man, what do you what is your problem? 
And the guy, and he just kind of looks at him and goes, just shrugs, shrugs his shoulders and walks away. And he goes, I don't appreciate your fucking attitude. Damn, dude. So then he walks outside. His, he walks his happy ass outside, looks at his phone, basically punches his phone, which, whatever, comes back inside with the order, throws it down on the table, and then walks out. Damn, dude, he was aggro. Yeah. It's kind of whack. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, because he got a guy who's like, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe he, he just decided to quit or something right there. Well, I, that's what he did. He canceled the order and then put it back. But he, what he did, and this was hilarious, was he was going on about, like, like I don't get paid an hourly wage like you guys. I have to, you know, do deliveries and stuff. And we were like, hey, man, you chose to do that. That's not our problem. And it was it was just, it was pretty funny. Yeah, that's kind of funny, dude. Like, I don't know. If I was that guy, I don't know how, why. Actually, I can't, I can't even imagine being that angry over something like that. Yeah, it was, it was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, that's very ridiculous. And to this day, we still joke about, like, we'll always go up to each other and it's like, I don't appreciate your attitude. No, we just, wow. we go up to each other and do that. It was, it was <laughs> That's funny, dude. A joke. But, nice. Yeah. Anything else? Um, That's all right. I have I got... stories, but they're all either drug stories or... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, do you... You work do... with a bunch of crackheads, man. They're not. They're not crackheads. You do. They're not. They're good people. Eh? No, they're good people. You just have to get to them. Eh? They're good people. The... They're, they're really good people. All right. Whatever you say. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. So it was last, it was this time last year that I wanted to get another job, you know, and I was kind of desperate for money. Um, and this dude I knew from Boy Scouts, by the way, I'm an Eagle Scout for any of y'all out there who know what that is. You're, you're awesome. Um, and he offered me a job doing landscaping stuff. And so I took it and I'm like, all right, great. Basically I've gotten a 50 cent pay raise each job I've had, which is pretty cool. But, um, so after a couple months of doing that for him, I decided to go off on my own because I realized how profitable landscaping is, you know? And so I, I started my business and it took a, it took a few, it took like a month or so to get it really going. But once it was going, dude, there was no stopping it. Like it was so great, dude. And I think the thing, you know, that I love about it and about working for myself is that I have so much flexibility with, and so much freedom, you know, with not being on someone else's schedule. I was tired of that, you know, not getting paid, you know, like eight fifty an hour, you know, or even 10 bucks an hour, you know, I'm making good money and, um, I'm able to work for who I want, when I want, and how I want to do it. And I'm able to take the jobs I want to take and not take the jobs that I don't want to do instead of being forced to do that, you know? And it's just something I, 
I totally, you know, I've always wanted to like run my own business and I was so happy to have like started that and, you know, take it's a lot of hard work, but I'll tell you, it's worth it, man. And when COVID hit and we were doing school like two days a week back like last year, I was like, dude, this is my time to capitalize. So I did, but a couple of stories that um, definitely stick out is last September, I was, um, I had a, a pruning job that I was supposed to do. And so while I was, you know, estimating for that, I got a text from one person saying, hey, can you come over and estimate my, you know, pruning job for me? And I was like, all right, sure. It's like over there. And next thing I know, her two neighbors on either side of her are like, hey, can you do some estimates for us? And I was like, sure, dude, I'll do it. So I did an estimate for all of them. And the next day I got up, I dragged my brother out of bed, you know, and it was about probably 730 in the morning. Oh, and I was working from like 735 when I pulled up to the first job until like five at night, you know, and dude, oh my God, I was beat, but I was happy, man. I was freaking happy because I probably pruned over like 300, nah, that's way too much, probably like 150, you know, 170 bushes total. And it was ridiculous, dude. Uh, that was the day that I made a thousand dollars, and so it's pretty whack. But I really enjoy the work, you know. So that was one story, and then the next one, you actually helped me out with this job. Was yeah, that yeah. So this dude Bob, he lives down the street, and he asked me, "Hey, I need some. I need fourteen bushes planted in my yard." And I was like, "All right, cool." I'll do it. So I grab Andy and we head on down there. And as we start working, you know, this guy, it becomes pretty evident that like, I mean, he's watching us. Oh yeah. No, he was standing there the whole time watching us. The whole time. I've never had a client do that before. And it was creepy. It was really, really neat. The fact that he didn't like half the time, he didn't really say anything. He just kind of like stared. Exactly. Like he didn't even talk. He was just like, yeah, yeah. I thought actually. I don't think I've told you this, but like, he pulled me aside when I was going up to get another bag of soul, and he was like, "You're doing a good job. You were doing a good job, but your helper is. I don't think he quite gets it." <laughs> and I was like, "What do you? What do you mean?" And he was like. Well, he's not digging the holes right, and he's not like planting the things right, and he's not putting the right amount of things. I'm like, dude, chill. It'll be fine. You know, he's doing all right. It's his first time. Give him some slack. And he was like, I just want it done right. And I was like, it'll get done right. Don't worry. But, and it got, I mean, granted, I did need a little bit of help, but I, it got done right. It did. Yeah. You did, did a good job, I thought. Yeah. And this, okay. Yeah, okay, so let me tell my side of the story. Go for it. So this guy was telling me to dig the hole deeper than it needed to be. And even I, even granted this was my first time doing it, I could judge the hole. I could tell that was way too deep. And he goes, yeah, you need to you need to dig that hole a little bit deeper, son. And I was like, I was like, all right, man. 
And so I dig the hole deeper and the plant is basically, it was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was covered and he's like, oh, okay, whatever. And then you need to put more soil or put more dirt on top of it to like even it out. And I'm like, okay, what do you want? Do you want it deeper or do you want it lighter? And he just kept. He was, I, you know, and I, it was just the weirdest experience working I've had, you know? Yeah. At least in my business. <laughs> it was ridiculous, man. I did I I didn't like working for him at all. I don't know. He, he and the fact that the next job that you did for him, he wasn't even there. No, so. he he didn't even care. He was just like, all right, take care of it. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, yeah. wonder if it had anything to do with me. Um he, but, he, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, whatever. I mean it's it's whatever, man. Yeah, yeah. I did, you know, molten season's coming up, so I'll use you. All right. I'll teach you the ways, man. I've seen it done before, and it doesn't look that difficult. There's actually a technique to it, if you want to do it right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want there's, to actually, there's actually a lot more to it, you know, than people think, and it takes a certain technique to get it just right. But yeah, it'll be good, man. I'll teach yeah, you. It will be good. It's not too hard. Yeah, you gotta learn it. But yeah. So I oh, so the very, very first job that I got, I was 15, I think. Um, and I was, you know, I was like, dude, I want my first job, you know, and I'm a Boy Scout, and so there's like a a summer camp thing um that's going on during the summer i never really liked it i just i wasn't a fan of it and other people are like die hard for it and i was like i couldn't care less you know and i was like my dad came home one day he was like hey you wanted a job like i had these guys that uh at the camp want to hire you and i was like all right cool i'm down you know so i'm a certified lifeguard and I thought they were going to put me at the waterfront, you know, doing lifeguard things because I had that qualification. But they ended up sticking me with probably the worst people I've ever worked with, for sure. And, you know, some real scumbags, dude, in the kitchen. And, <laughs> oh, my God, dude, I hate it. Literally, I got there, dude, and I walked in. Five minutes after I started working, I already knew that I hated it. Yeah, like, yeah, this isn't for me. Yeah, no, it wasn't at all, dude. I was so, I was like, what have I got myself into? And it was the worst two weeks of my life because we were working 13-hour days. We had two hours off. You know, we were up at six making breakfast for 500 people. Yeah. And then, you know, at, same thing for lunch and dinner. You know, I was stuck in there. You know, I was, I hated, I hated my life. I really did. I was like, why did I do this? I didn't get to go home either. It's like an hour drive from where I live. And oh, that's, yeah. yeah. And so we had these cabins and, um, you know, I, growing up, I always thought that like the camp staff were like cool, like nice people, but dude, these people are actually awful people, you know, awful. and some of the things that they did were, Oh, just terrible. I mean, this one, I won't, I mean, so this one guy actually got kicked out of scouting for, um, I don't even want to say, but like, 
he did some uh well he was like i don't know how to phrase this was he a part of the lawsuit uh no well no not that um oh, okay but he was like he was this gay guy nothing wrong with that but he was going around you know trying to trying to solicit other dudes into you know really that kind of thing yeah and before i knew that i liked him i thought he was a cool guy but after that when he got kicked out, i was like damn dude like all right trying to you know i don't know probably around our age oh he was at the time so he's probably 22 or something i don't know i don't know him that well but i know oh i didn't at least but there are some there are people like that you know there's okay this one dude who claimed to be my quote boss he was total total jerk i mean this guy had been like kicked out of everywhere else he ever worked in like the first week and basically the only place that all these people who i worked with belonged was the back of a kitchen where no one could see them because well, yeah i mean there was off, i mean i heard i heard and saw some things that were pretty atrocious but i think um i don't know this guy he probably had like a mental disorder or something where it made him like angry and crazy and like psychotic at the same time and i remember it was the fourth of july and he was they, we had these pop rocks at camp and he 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 grabbed like a handful and was chasing people with them and like threw like throwing them at people like and he chased me for like a half mile in the woods at night with these things he was throwing them at me laughing the entire time this he was a freaking psycho dude like literally i had to i was in a cabin with him the first week and (laughs) oh my god dude it was the scariest week of my life dude i swear and I think the worst part about it was that you didn't know what he was going to do in that. Cause he had like 18, he had a collection of knives that he brought, you know, oh, he had a bow and arrow, dude. He had a freaking hatchet, dude. Like this guy was, dead. dude, this guy was legitimately psychotic. Like, I mean, it was just awful. But, um, after that first week, dude, I brought my, I put him, <laughs> I put in my two week notice the day I got there. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And um the second week i brought my hammock and i like slept in my hammock you know outside away from him because i mean you know actually i think it was like wednesday or thursday of the second week he he actually got suspended from like working there and yeah i mean this guy was a freaking psycho dude i mean he would and he was like a sadist too because he was like slap everyone that he like saw like in the back of the neck or like you know, and he would just do that and he would like smile and laugh like an evil, you know. Oh my god, dude. He about of all I mean, I've met a lot of people, but he's one of them, you know. And dude, I I'm so glad that that didn't even last any longer than it did. And the pay I got like 150 bucks for the entire thing. For the two weeks? Yep. Oh, that's awful. just I was awful, dude. Like oh my god, that was that was that, that sounds yeah. awful. So that's my first working experience. I hated it, dude. Oh my god, uh, it was all frozen stuff too, and it, there was so much salt in the food that literally you would get like bowls on your skin that would come up, and it would be like salt, like coming through your skin. 
There was yeah. so much sodium and it. it was awful. My God. <laughs> all right. I think that about covers it. Yeah, I mean that's that's all the stories we can tell. I mean, yeah, there are lots that we can't, but I mean those are well, we can't really say in a Carter Mountain was crooked, to say the least. And we'll leave it at that because we, we will not wanna end up in the back of a car. Nope. <laughs> I remember Tony told me one time that um and on Halloween he would kidnap me from my house. Him and all the Mexicans who work there, the immigrants, they would all come kidnap me and throw me in their pool. <laughs> <laughs> I was on guard, too. You didn't know what they were going to do. Yeah. All right. Um, you got to go somewhat soonish. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't, because I have like yeah. stuff I have to go out and buy for. Oh, I got you, man. Let's, yeah. uh, let's get into our media. Okay. So, Prince of Tides. Great. So it was a book first and then a movie. It was it was a book in eighty six and then movie in nineteen ninety one. What was your opinion of it? So watching through it, it was really, really sad. Right. It just it gave me a sense of like as it kind of went on and you it was more and more was revealed about this guy. It was just a really messed up childhood. He did. Like the fact that his dad was a shrimp boat was it a shrimp boat yeah it was a shrimp boat it was a shrimp boat but he kept like trying to get into other stuff yeah other business ventures and then he just made yeah. the family poor because mm-hmm. shrimp and he was apparently according to the movie they said like oh dad was always losing money you know yeah because he was really good at shrimping but then he'd take that money and go put it into other things stuff. like a gas station with a tiger you know yeah and so the the whole premise of the story basically spoiler alert it's going to happen it's what happens but essentially um this guy Tom Wingo is um he's very emotionally calloused from his past and his mother later on in the movie describes it perfectly what we've been kind of thinking the entire movie which is when i when it's like the past is the past and when something's behind me, I close the door and I never think about it again. And that's what he has done his entire life. And he's had some really horrible things happen to him and his family. And I won't go into it, but his sister, you know, tries to commit suicide a bunch of times yep. you know, since uh, from these incidents until now, basically. And, the movie um, goes basically a phone call from this psychiatrist in New York um, telling the family that Tom's sister, Savannah, tried to kill herself again. And they need someone to go up there right away to kind of serve as her memory because she can't remember anything. Because, again, she's been taught her entire life to forget all these things. And so um, Tom... So Tom and his wife, Sally, are having problems. And Tom is not being, he's, he's a good father, but he's not taking care of Sally the way that he should. He's not, it's not that he's treating her wrong. It's just that he's not, he's kind of neglecting her. He's not, yeah. It, and it, from, what I, from what I saw, it looked like 
he just was emotionally absent. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He was, yeah. And so he, he goes to um, New York to see Savannah, who's a poet, by the way. And um, the, every time the psychiatrist brings up something that Tom has a, a connection to, but he doesn't want to tell because apparently, according to him, that would be disloyal to his family. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He would, he basically would change the subject really quickly, you know. He'd flip it around. And yeah. And he'd be like, oh, like, you want me to build a fire or something? Or like, what's, you know, and he's avoiding confrontation yeah. with his past. Yeah, exactly. But his, um, he's just learned to cover his pain so much. But they needed information from him about Savannah's past in order to help, help her. Savannah, you know, and one of the things I noticed, though, the first time he comes home after being in New York is that, um, A, he trusts psychiatrists, which before he hated them so much. Spoiler alert, because he likes the psychiatrist. Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah, they have a they have a connection. They're both yeah. in their their marriages are both full of holes, um, and when he comes home the first time, I noticed that he was a little bit more open, and he was a little bit more, um, he had a little bit more emotion in him. You know, like it seemed like the psychiatrist something was working. And the second time he goes, so his wife this entire time is having an affair it's, with yeah. like a brain surgeon, um, which, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's not really justified, but it is understandable why she is. It's yeah. not really out of, like, the lack of sex. This guy's paying her attention. You know? Yeah, like she she was craving attention and care and love, and this guy gave it to her. Yeah, so, and Tom didn't anymore because Tom didn't know. In the beginning of the movie, he said, I don't know how I feel about anything anymore. Don't take it personally, you know? Yeah. And, I, I you know, and I, it just seemed like he was a very, you know, very sad, you know, kind of, it was like he was in a deep sleep. It, it was very much a depression. And, yeah. And so um, Savannah gets a little better. And during this time that Tom is in New York, him and the doctor, Dr. Lowenstein, they start to become a little bit more friendly. And um, it turns out that Dr. Lowenstein is apparently in a bad marriage as well. And her husband is, you know, running around with one of the pianists. And um, in his, oh, wow. he's like a famous musician of it's sorts. A, yeah, the... yeah. But the thing about Tom that I always admired about him was that he always, you know, came back to his family. That was what was most important to him. His priorities, I feel, were set straight. In oh, the yeah, it was to help his family out and to help his yeah. sister and get through it and whatnot. Yeah. And he, he kind of realized, you know, what he was meant to do and you know but he was his teacher and he, he was a teacher and a football coach yeah and in savannah's poems savannah always called him the coach okay yeah so, yeah which was yeah 
Um, I watched the movie a couple times now, and so I I kind of understand. Like I picked up yeah. on a lot of things, you know. When you watch something a second time or a third time, you always pick up more. Um, you always have deep, meaningful stuff. You always kind of yeah. see like a prelude or a you know something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, what was your so? What was your thought about the ending? It was kind of like the resolve, sort of. So the ending. So I was like half asleep when I watched it. So. Yeah. Well, then, so the ending was um, it was kind of him finding his purpose again. Yeah, I mean he. It was like um, I can see you struggling. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, I don't. You were half asleep. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was, I was asleep. I, yeah, like I got. He said, he said that. Um, I got to the part where um, the psychiatrist calls out her husband for. Mm-hmm. I got yeah. to that part, and then I kind of just. Yeah. It was hilarious. Hit the the husband of uh, Doctor Lowenstein hated Tom, and at this, so they went to this dinner party, and the. Um, the musician basically exposed Tom and Savannah and, you know, and Dr. Lowenstein was like, we agreed not to talk about this, you know, and next thing you know, Tom is holding his precious million dollar violin off the balcony. And he's like, apologize to your wife. And then apologize to me. And you can see the musician struggling. And then he tosses the violin up in the air and he forces an apology out of the dude and he catches it and he's like, better not do that again. But yeah, that, that, yeah. Was, that was pretty hardcore. For sure. But it's really interesting throughout the entire course of the movie, um, Lowenstein, basically, as she was talking to Tom throughout their sessions, you would see flashbacks from his life. Basically, It was, yeah, you would... Yeah, you would see like kind of where everything came from and, you know, why well, things are the way they are. Yeah, I mean, it gave you a glimpse into what he, his past, and it gives you a sense of where he came from and who he is as a person. He doesn't, yeah. you it's know, like it's really that. Yeah, I mean, he's very much just kind of a stoic. Like he doesn't really yeah. have much emotion towards it because obviously that's what he was taught. And yeah. Not to really talk about it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of sad to see, you know, how he grew how he grew up and how, you know, that affected the rest of his life. Yeah, you you would even see it when it was it was his kid's birthday party, and he was home for that, and he, um, when the birthday cake was being lit, it did a flashback to, I think his brother Luke's birthday or someone, when um his dad, I mean his dad was awful pretty much he was abusive and yeah his dad was watching tv and it was loud and his um his mom lila um they didn't you know tom and lila did not get along at all but she was like henry turn that tv off right now and celebrate your children's birthday party and his dad was like i want to watch the game and then Uh, luke brings out a shotgun and shoots the tv and his dad gets all pissed. I did. I thought that was great. Yeah. There was a lot of forced happiness I could see. 
Oh yeah, I mean, it, and that's the worst kind of happiness if you really think about it. I mean, yeah, it's fake happiness doesn't doesn't have any meaning. Nah, it's ridiculous, man. I yeah, is um because yeah, I mean, you can see there's another scene when Tom, the grown up Tom, went to see his mom, and actually, you know, you'll kind of find this, you might find this surprising or not, but we actually, when we were in South Carolina we passed through that, like right by that house. Really? Yeah, it was in downtown uh, Beaufort. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, actually, I actually recognized it. I was like, nice. Yeah. So they go into, it goes into this house and he's, in, he's standing on the porch and then a, it was a flashback of him going in there and um, apparently his uh the dude who he was housed at his child called Tom's family white cheap white trash, and then his mom was like, "And you proved him right, <laughs> you know." Oh yeah, yeah. And so, um, basically, the the dude takes him back and smacks him in the head, and he's like, "Don't you ever talk about my son like that again? And if you tell anyone that I smacked you, I'm gonna run your family car out of this town." And cool. But he, but you know, the they were so cordial when they were meeting. He was like, Oh, good afternoon, Miss Lila. Like, bro, and they were, and, and she was like, You're looking mighty fine today, you know, and all that. <laughs> and he was like, oh. quite, Yeah, yeah, he's like, Oh, Tom and I are just going to have a little chat. <laughs> I was like, Damn, dude, that's I, I don't know that it's a, I would so recommend this film to anyone, you know, because it's it just. It's a really good. It won a lot of awards as well when it was. Oh, it did really, really well at the. Uh, yeah. the Oscars. And I, you know, I would just. It's a. It's a really, really well done, really, really good movie. And in the end, um, you know, he said that at the ending scene, he was like, "I feel like now I know my place, and I, I have something to give back to the women in my life because they yeah. deserve it." And I was like, "Nice, dude." Yep. Yeah. And he. He grows as a character. Yeah. Anything else to add to that? Um, it's it makes you feel good at the end because he kind of comes into his own as a person, and he recognizes what he's been doing for so long isn't working. Um, it's like he changes completely. Well, yeah, it's character development. I mean, it, he you know starts a story as kind of this you know low not really loner but you know just kind of quiet mild-mannered depressed mm -hmm. if we're being honest kind of guy and then he meets a psychiatrist and it kind of peels back the layer of like hey i can actually be happy and i can find my own happiness and whatnot. it's a great movie super well done i would 100 percent recommend it to anyone for sure so yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on to the quote due to moment, and then we'll tie a big old bow around this thing. Get it done. All right. Um, all right. Yeah. So, so, oh, wait, was it my turn to do quote of the week? I think, I don't, sure. Let's go ahead. Let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. Make up something on the spot. That's right, because we actually never did really. Oh, God. We were really um, busy this week, but yeah. yeah. 
I feel like um, we did pretty good with it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this is good. Right. Well. Um, so then, real quick. Because I have a bunch of them, I just don't know which one to use. Because I think. Yeah, I was looking at some the other day. I just couldn't decide. Well, because there was a bunch of inspirational, like you know. yeah. Um, I know one quote that I always kind of kind of resonated with was, "Don't how did it go? It was um, it was kind of like a golden rule kind of quote where it was like." Oh, okay, I remember, I remember. This is something I came up with on my own. Well, I, like, took inspiration, but it's like, do one unto others what you would want to receive back. For sure, yeah. I know that's, like, probably the most cliche quote ever, but... I feel like it, it has a lot to do with karma. It's karma, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a big believer in karma. Like, yeah, me too. Like, you know, you, you do good for... You know, whatever good you put out into the world, you'll receive back. If you put out bad into the world, you'll also receive back. I've actually found that to be true, though. You know, it's like a boomerang effect. It, you know, it seriously is because whenever I put out, I you know, so I used to when I was you know, I never really put out bad, you know, mojo or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. whenever I whenever I put out good in the world and I did something good for someone else and it made me feel good. Mm-hmm. It always returned it, you know, the favor in, you know, some way, shape, or form. It might even be completely unrelated. Like, if you put in hard work towards something, that's gonna come back to you in some way, shape, or form. It's just, oh yeah. For me, that's just how things work, you know. And to realize that you're in control of that, and you can make it happen, you know. Well, you're the master of your own destiny, and you're also the master of you controlling your outlook on life and how you what how you treat other people is how you're going to be treated by yourself. exactly yeah i find that if you're a good kind person you know to other people that's how you're going to be perceived to other people and then those other people are going to treat you the same way because you know you did them a favor oh yeah yeah that's- it's all about just your perception of it's all about how you really just want to be perceived, I guess. For sure. I mean, if you want to put out bad vibes into the world, all you're, you're gonna, gonna get is negative misery back. You're yeah, not you're gonna, gonna find happiness, you're not gonna have anything else to do your own thing with. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I feel like you know, life is a glass of sweet tea, you know? Life is a glass of sweet tea. Because, you know, but it, the sweet tea might differ from day to day. One day it might be the sweetest, most delicious, most sugary sweet tea you don't ever had. And then the next day it might be a little bit bitter, maybe tar. Mm-hmm. You put too much ice in it, you know, it's too watered down. Every day <laughs> it's just pure... You know, pure gold, no ice, like liquid gold. You know, and you could see that glass is half full or half empty. You really could. 
but well, it is whether the boss is good or not, or you know, it's all about you know, you could perceive it as oh, this is some pretty shit sweet tea, or you could perceive it as hey, I'm getting sweet tea, it's not such a bad day, precisely. <laughs> I'm still getting a drink and, you know, other people might not be able to get sweet tea and whatnot. Exactly. So you always got to count your blessings wherever you can find them. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I mean, kind of on that, like not to be too religious or anything, but whenever I like pray for something or like, you know, like kind of pray for something, I guess, I've found that oftentimes it does happen like it almost all the time I, you know, I can't think of a single time that what i've asked for like from the lord hasn't happened it's all i'm saying I think, I think if you're deserving of it and you know only i guess only really you can decide that you know you'll receive it in one form or fashion whether it is good or bad it's a blessing really but i feel like the Lord's going to make you work for it. You know, that's how it's going to be. But if you, you know, put in enough hard work towards it, then the blessing will be given. And I was oh. thinking about this the other night when I was out walking and I realized, you know, a lot of like, you know, some things that I asked for in life had happened, you know? Yeah. Not oh, that, you it's... Know. Again, not to be too religious, but like that's just my. No, I mean it's that's that's not really religious at all. I think yeah. a lot of people can relate to that. Like you really put your faith into something, and yeah, you can definitely get something out of it. For I sure. just think it's you know you have to do good in order to receive good back. Like it's not just gonna happen to you without. It's not gonna be undeserved, I guess. It has to be yeah. earned. Right on. So excellent analysis. All right. Let's uh, quickly go through our dude moment. Andy, who is your dude of the week? So my dude of the week is actually going to be my uh, my owners, the bosses at Jersey Mike's. Oh. Because they're, um, they're giving me a um, – workers comp for COVID when they didn't really have to. And they treat me really, really well. And I have a lot of love and respect for all of them. And they don't have to be, they can be jerk offs and, you know, totally disrespect me and not respect me as a person, but they do. And I really like that. That goes a long way. I feel like. Definitely. No, I completely agree with you, man. If someone, that it's just that you know someone's showing that they actually you know appreciate you and value you and care about you enough to help you out. Yep, that go, it goes a long way. You know, it really does. Oh, for sure. I mean, sorry, I'm eating a wrap right now. I'm just nice, Steve. I'm, I'm standing in my kitchen right now. I like yeah. made a whole sandwich during this thing, so I'm just nice. really, really hungry. That's awesome. Um, I had two burritos today. They were great. Yes, man. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's like, that's, I guess my like people of the week just, that means a lot to me. I mean, that's awesome. Granted, I don't think they're listening to this right now, but 
Mm-hmm. And um, just I really, really appreciate them. That's awesome. So, what about you, Eric? Uh, my day of the week is my. You know what? It was gonna be my math teacher because she gave us a gun a bunch of like really easy and high point assignments that really uh, you know helped me yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, that's what she had. But um, I'm gonna have to go with my French teacher, and I'll tell you why. For four years of high school, um, yeah, actually, so it dawned on me the last day. I think it was yesterday when class ended for like the last time. And I was like completely done with, um, I'll call him Barry, his first name. Um, but it, it dawned on me that it was an end of an era, you know? It was an end of, you know, something that I both despised and had a great time with at the same time. Because he never got grades in on time. And whenever he did, he was always putting in the bad grades and you would have to show him that you'd done the assignment like eight different times just for him to acknowledge it and then for him to put it in that was a whole nother deal man was, yeah that was a whole yeah a little too far with that man like i mean he was he was but i really enjoyed the way that he just kind of droned on i'm gonna miss his droning on voice and his you know he was he was like the t- your typical professor you know, it was, yeah, uh, you can tell he was kind of dumb. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he was he was a funny guy, a little bit creepy at times, but he was a funny yeah. guy. And I'm gonna, you know, there's a special place in my heart for him that I didn't know I had until yesterday. And for that reason, uh, he is my dude of the week. Right on, man. End of an era. Sad to see him go, to be honest. Well, you're going. He's standing there. That's true. <laughs> Bye, um, Andy. Um, what was your moment of the week? Uh, my moment of the week would probably actually going back to work. Nice. I I remember I walked into work and you know I was I was working with people that I really really like to work with or work with. Oh my god, I can't fucking speak. That I like to work with and. It, it made me appreciate them and my job as a whole because I realized how much I actually missed working because huh. being stuck inside all day was awful. Yeah. And I didn't want to be caught up in it. So it was, it just, it made me, it just, it really, really just opened my eyes up to realize how much working has really just made me into like, I guess, a better person. And it makes me just appreciate the fact that I do have a job and that I have something to look forward to. So Nice. That's awesome, man. I love that. That's great. So, yeah. What about you, man? What's your, uh, what's your moment of the week? Shoot. Um, you know what? My moment of the week happened just before this podcast, actually. Really? I created um, a space where I could bronze in the wintertime or when it's cold out. Really? Basically, so you know how my deck is like, gets really, really hot? Yeah. When the sun comes on it? 
what I realized I could do is I could move the grill around as a wind block because the wind only kind of comes from one direction. Yep. And then I could put my chair and like position it towards the sun right up against like the corner of the house and the grill. And it would be warm, you know, because the sun would be hot and be reflecting off of the um, off of the deck. So I was able to bronze, you know, in the wintertime. And I was stoked. That really got me, you know, pumped, dude. So sounds like creative ingenuity. Yeah. <laughs> that was my moment of the week, I guess. I mean, it was like super cold out this morning and I went out there and it was like, you know, it felt like 60 degrees, you know, Nice man. when it was like 25. So I'm, I'm going to, I was stoked on that. I can't really think of anything else this week other than like finishing up first semester, dude. Pretty That's, cool. I was about to say that, that was probably the other thing too was yeah. Just sitting back and realizing I'm like done with all those classes. Yeah. My other classes are just going to be really easy. Yeah. My class, yeah. My other classes are going to be marginally easier for sure. But so, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, dude, I have loved doing school at home. I really have. It's been, it's been okay. I mean, way more chill. What's up? It's way more chill, I feel. It's boring. That's what I like about it because <laughs> i can just get the work done and then just chill you know not worry about it. just get the work done and move on but, but yeah like i really like i don't want college to be like this because oh no oh no not college end of high school i'm fine with college no look i'm not gonna be paying that much money to basically look at a computer screen yeah i mean my buddy you know jacob um who goes to uncw and he lives yeah we yeah, met up with yeah um so he's actually doing the semester the new semester at home i just talked to him yesterday and apparently he's doing it to like because it's just not worth going back there they have like um they have like a curfew on campus and like you have to wear your mask everywhere and like you can't leave your dorm at certain times and it's all online anyway so why would you go, you know, there? Yeah. You could just do it at home. And so, but he's like, he was telling me, like, it's a bummer because he really well, wants to bring the college experience. Yeah, it's, it's college experience. You know, it's, but I, I did think about it. It'll be pretty sick this fall or this August, really, six months. Um, because we'll only be like 45 minute drive from each other, which will be sick. So we can go and like surf together. Yeah. Which will be pretty sick. So, be cool. Yeah. Um, that about wrap it up. I think so, man. Dude, nice pod. Good that was work. good. That was a really good podcast, man. I, I really liked it. I enjoyed the, doing the story. We should do this, you know, more often where I just tell stories about something. Yeah, I feel like we could do, we could tell her about our, uh, we could do like a whole episode on our trip about, going down to college visits oh that would be fun that'd be cool i can do a lot of, I, have, I have here's the thing about me like i mean i can tell i've so i've actually i've been very fortunate to have a lot of really really amazing experiences yeah so many stories from all those that are like you wouldn't even believe it if i told you you know like scuba diving with sharks in the florida keys and like hiking 
12 days in the you know new mexican rocky mountains dude like you wouldn't believe me i mean but i don't know there's just a lot and i'd be stoked to share for sure we can do a, a lot but oh, that's, that's awesome all right guys thank you so much for listening to the podcast um we had a great time dude yeah if you have any questions uh, email us at themusingsofmen at gmail.com. All lowercase. Uh, Follow us on Instagram at themusingsofmen. And uh, stay stoked. And we'll see you next week. Keep it breezy, man. Chill. All right. Later. <laughs>